You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 10, episode 69. It's a semi-final special. I'm John, I'm your host. For tonight, and I'm glad to have Nori back on, St. Johnson's fan, who will be looking for a full lob on um, after the weekend. Just to give me football, Joe. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, how are you? It's nice to be back on. I'm good. I'm, I'm very envious. Uh, I was envious of you when we were, you were last on, and obviously yeah. it was a build up to like your final. Uh, wished you well, and yeah, I'm glad that he's got the job done. Um, uh, I know normally when we were we had you on that time, you said previously from kind of winning the the Scottish Cup before there wasn't maybe kind of too many memories of the game and stuff like that. Um, yeah, how did it feel? Oh, it was tremendous. Um, it was different because obviously I wasn't there for, yeah. for a start, but um, it was different because I think we'd won a cup already, so we knew it could be done. The kind of monkey was off the back. Um, so this time, and Livy weren't on a tremendous run of form and we'd beaten them, you know, fairly recently before the game. So this time, there wasn't quite so many nerves. Um, I was able to sit and watch it and take it in this time. Um, but, I'll, you know, winning winning a trophy is always a fantastic feeling. Um, didn't think it would happen quite so quickly, I have to say. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't win anything for 130 years, and all of a sudden we've got two in the trophy cabinet. So it's easy, isn't it, for you now? Oh, I need bother now, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, because that, that was kind of the one that was missing, I suppose. We've got the Challenge Cup, we've won first division, we've won the Scottish Cup. When I say the Challenge Cup, I mean whatever the what's it called now? Is it aye, whatever I call it nowadays, aye, fizzy I pop. Cup or, yeah, I noticed even the final cup. from last season now has been just shared for scrap or whatever. <laughs> they've not even they not even to play it. Well, surely they could have played it at some point. You would think so. You would like, think so. Um, but then neither Celtic or Rangers were involved, so there was probably aye. no no real appetite for for that level of organisation. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was absolutely fantastic. It was would have been better had had it been there, but it was absolutely fantastic. We had a a Zoom chat with um, lots of people kind of dropping in and out. We were lucky enough. Part of that Zoom chat was uh, one of our friends who's also the commentator for Saints TV, uh, Stephen Watt. So and you he was, before. He's just a fan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Aye. And uh, he was at the game with Stuart Cosgrove. And uh, we were fortunate enough on our Zoom call to have him at the game in the ground uh, with us on the Zoom chat as him and Stuart were commentating Brilliant. so we kind of we kind of got a behind the scenes look at everything um and it just made us feel a wee bit like we were there yeah yeah it wasn't as good but it was the best we could do on the day so all in all it was a tremendous day yeah given the circumstances yeah was there a wee bit of a parade obviously no a parade as such but folks standing at the, the door even for the bus coming back or that Aye, yeah there was a few young lads who had Obviously, pro- probably had a fair bit to drink, I think, and they popped up with uh, some pyro and they stood at the, the door. And I think the, the police had went up and removed them fairly quickly, but oh, it's just one of these things, isn't it? One of these things, if you've got 
a success like this, you're always going to get a minority that's going to, yeah. you know, or in Rangers' case, a majority that are going to celebrate like that. Aye. Well, then we look at the scenes in England uh, yesterday at Man U, Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, yeah. An inside job, maybe. <laughs> Someone's let them in. <laughs> just going to, I'm no stopping all these folk in it. Like, um, same security that was on it in America when Trump had his speech. Yeah. The boys just lifted the, the gate and they wandered in. It was pre- pretty much the same thing than there, I think, but looks like. Aye. Well, you're not going to, to be fair, if you're a security guard getting paid well, maybe minimum wage or not much more, you're not <laughs> going to take the grief. <laughs> no, no. Um, so. But, uh, so, yeah, I, we've got the, the semi-finals to come at the weekend. Um, I don't know whether before that, maybe I can, a couple of things I want to, kind of, to maybe kind of touch on, because it's topical. Um, the, obviously, there's been the social media boycott with the clubs and stuff like that, and some fans as well have kind of gone on board with it as well. My personal opinion, I respect it. I think, yeah, I can understand why they're doing it. Um, the whole thing is about because, effectively, I suppose if the clubs and the players don't tweet, then where are they going? Where's the media going to get their news from and different things like that? But it's more so, uh, I suppose, a plea to the, the social media companies that they need to do more to to stop players and that getting abuse, effectively. Um, right. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. So, I have mixed thoughts on that, I think. Um, and that is... I mean, they're talking about, or I think one of the solutions certainly is that you're meant to provide a driver's license or a passport, some form of ID to open up a social media account. I'm not overly comfortable with providing my personal information to a third party like that. I have some difficulty um, kind of squaring that circle. It doesn't, I can't trust them. Ultimately, look at Facebook with their surveillance techniques and Twitter with their surveillance techniques. So I, I understand the the thinking behind it, but what's the solution, really? Yeah. Um, because I'm not prepared to, to go to that length to have a Twitter feed. Aye. My, my, my thinking that I was wondering whether it's possible for the media companies is, you know how in, if you can go on yourself and Twitter, I don't know if Facebook works, because I don't use it anymore, eh, but Twitter certainly you can mute words. Uh, so you can mute certain words and stuff like that. Now, it wouldn't have a full um, effect on being able to stop abuse, but you could obviously mute certain words that are used to abuse people. Yes. Uh, and stuff. Uh, yeah, could, could maybe Twitter do something like that, but they just mute the bad words or the, the abusive words or whatever, that, like certain words. You know you know the words I mean. I'm not going to say the words, but you know the kind of yeah, words. Yeah, but I mean. again... I don't mean I just your swearing, uh, but... People are creative. Yeah. Um, and you know you'll maybe use a, a four instead of an H um, to to write the word in a different way, but the, the yeah. word's still yeah. there. It's um, it's probably very very difficult to to kind of police and manage that. So it's it's one of these things about um, I suppose accountability. Who's accountable for people on your platform and it's, I think, quite right to say that the, the social media companies do need to do more. Yeah. But in my view, it's not necessarily asking for my shoe size, my bank statements, and my passport. It's acting quickly once these things are seen yeah. and available to remove them and remove the person and the IP address. Definitely. Um, that's, that's the solution, I think. And I'm sure there's got to be some sort of software that can be used to do that. Um, when these things pop up, you'll find that they are reported almost straight away. 
yeah. by large numbers of people. So Definitely. it's just about acting quickly. Yeah, I suppose the other thing as well is whether maybe the media companies need to do a bit more, or not just media companies, but everyone there needs to be more education on the impact that these things can have. I mean, I don't know what, I mean, surely when you can do these types of things, you can know that there can be a, a comeback and you can get into like serious bother. I mean, it is a crime. It's absolutely it's done yeah. for it. It's, and I know like people use different IP addresses and all that type of thing, but surely I'm pretty sure if folk do that, there's. Um, IT experts, they can quickly get through that and find out who it was that did certain things. Um, maybe Chris yeah, would be better. You would think so. Obviously, people use um, VPNs, which is your private networks to mask yeah. their identity and stuff like that. Uh, that seems like an awful length to go to just to abuse a football player yeah. on Twitter, mind you. But um, it's, uh, it's a difficult one. It's a hard one. And how do you educate people not to do that? Um, we were speaking before this started about the jobs that we do and the people yeah. that we work with um and it's it's sometimes it's a case of that person maybe hasn't had the upbringing or the background or the, the education generally yeah. or they've had a difficult life at that point uh, up to that point and um it, i'm not excusing it definitely not excusing yeah. it but there's a a, 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 a range of social issues behind this which leads to this kind of behaviour definitely I mean without going too much in, in detail about what kind of work we do certainly something I always kind of just try and advise my clients that I work with is that whatever you do in social media or whatever you put on social media is there forever effectively because someone mm-hmm. takes a screenshot or whatever it's like a, a footprint so if you are trying to maybe kind of find work or whatever like that then that could come back to haunt you so you hope maybe that side of things people would think well if I do something like that, my employer could find out. I've seen that happen before, whereby yeah. someone has maybe abused a footballer. They've quickly found out, people have quickly found out who the person works for. Obviously, it gets reported back to the company, and then the company, if they have got anything about them, they're probably, once they do about investigating, possibly let that person go, because um, it's not a good look. Exactly, exactly. It's... Uh... Common. It's really common now for companies to do that, to have a troll for your Twitter feed and your Facebook and any sort of social media that you yeah. want to pick up, stuff like that. So it's perhaps a case of people being educated on that. <laughs> um, this could seriously hamper your career chances. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what will happen once going forward, what will happen. You, you hope that it's going to reduce the impact, but I don't see it, unfortunately. It's a bit like, I suppose, the Black Lives Matter thing. You hope that Again, I suppose that's the, an education thing again that it will yeah. reduce. I'd love in my lifetime for all that hatred and different things like that to be going, but sadly, I just don't think it's possible just now. Hopefully, generations down the line, they'll, they'll be something a little bit. Well, again, people are more willing to stand up for what they believe in as well, and that's where social media can be a good thing because folk do call out other folk for, for what they say and stuff like that. So, yeah, fingers crossed. There can be progress and positive um, steps made. Um, the, the other thing relating to mental health I was going to touch on, it's maybe a kind of sensitive subject possibly because I don't know what the, the outcome has been yet, but the, the situation last week at the was it Stenhouse Muir, Albion Rovers game with David Cox. Oh, yes, the bullying. Yeah, the, why, the kind of comments, yeah, the kind of comments that were is... allegedly made. I, um, you know, I've played a bit of football and I've obviously watched it for a long time and I suppose some people would call that banter 
Um, some people would... I've been on the pitch where things have been said where it's designed to maybe give you an edge. Yeah. Uh, perhaps passions are high. Um, and quite frankly, it's it's bang of order a lot of the time. Um, and this is just an example of that. It's the passions are high. That should never have been said. Mental health is one of these things that are really it's really difficult to speak about and to admit to and to hold your hands up that you've got any sort of issue with that. Um, and it's, it should never be used as some sort of point scoring exercise in a football game. Um, it's, again, it's it's one of these, I think, one of these moments where the person's maybe just forgotten where they are and it's came out and you should probably, I think, review his actions and certainly issue some sort of apology. Yeah. Um, and perhaps there's maybe some sort of educational course through the SFA that you can you can access. Um, but it's there's no place for it. Yeah, definitely not. And the good thing is, from like David's point of view, he's got a good support network. I know back on site that we've got some we've had previous dealings with before. Um, they help him out a fair bit um, and different things like that. But the sad thing is that he's chosen to retire from the game because of it. Um, he feels yeah. enough is enough because he's had it happen so often over the years. Um, you hope he's not completely lost the game. Maybe whether he kind of might reconsider or whether he can even maybe kind of get into coaching or whatever or maybe something else within the game because it'd be a real shame for him to have to walk away completely. I think. I would like to see him. I'd like to see him come back and uh, and uh, I feel personally. I feel like the. The other, not the other person's one, that's not the right phrase, that's not what I'm looking to say. It's I know it's, what you mean. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's braver, I suppose. It's, had the it's, desired effect. it's almost had a desired effect in a way. That, yes, the comments that is that is, I think, one of the outcomes that the person maybe have been looking for when when he said it was to get under the chap's skin in such a way. Um and it would be good if he could find a way around that and come back to the game. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know if there's been much progress in what's happening. I know that straight away it's going to be all we're going to investigate it and different things like that. And I suppose these things will take a wee bit of time, maybe. Um, so we'll just need to kind of wait and see what happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll move back to the football semi-final special, which... As you were alluding to before the podcast, maybe everyone is delighted about it apart from fans of the old firm and Premier Sports. Um, because, yeah, from first times in 1947, I think it is, no Rangers or Celtic in either semi final, whether it's a Scottish Cup or the League Cup, which for everyone else is tremendous. Because um, you know, as soon as either of them go out, you've got a great chance of winning the Cup. And if both go out, then it's like, happy days. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what a season, you know, what a season. It's tremendous that neither of them have really been in the last stages of either cup this year. Yeah. Opens it up to to the rank and file like us. Um, and that, for me, for people like me and probably anybody that's uh, a supporter of any team out with the old firm, this is what you want. This is what you're looking for. This is why we turn up and pay our money at the turnstiles every week because... We know Celtic and Rangers are going to win the league, but it's these tournaments that make it for us. It's maybe getting either quite far on or winning it that is the reason that we we keep going. 
um, and the reason that we keep watching. So this year, the fact that there's going to be, in both competitions, there's, there's going to be winners outside the old firm, but teams that generally are quite unfancied as well. Yeah. Um, St Mern, St Johnston, you've got Livingston in the last cup final. Yep. It's just tremendous for the game here, I think, for that to happen. I, and I think, I think actually this season, despite of everything that's happened with COVID and everything like that, aside from Rangers walking away with the league, the league's been exciting. There's not much between most of the teams and you could, I would even say earlier on the season, Jim Goodwin made a comment and said that the bottom eight could all beat each other kind of fairly well. You would even say from about Hibs down to Hamilton or, yeah, it's Hamilton, it's still bottom just now, they, they can all beat each other. There's only been, what, maybe about, I think, a 30-point spread between third and bottom, which sounds like a lot, but it's not uh, no. in the grand scheme of things. It's, um, yeah, I would agree with all that, actually. I think certainly from what I've seen this year, um, we've had a, such a tremendous season this year that there's never been any point where I thought we've been badly outplayed, apart from maybe against Rangers. Um, so from my perspective, certainly as a St Johnston fan, seeing how well we've done, this year, in terms of winning the cup, getting into the top six, and getting into the semi-final, I feel, yeah, yeah, there is definitely he's got a point that these teams could maybe all beat each other. But I think we this year have proved that we're probably the third best. I know we're not third top yeah. um, because some of the results didn't go our way. But for me, there's Rangers, Celtic, and then us. Um, and I would say all the other teams in the league wouldn't fancy playing any three of us. Oh, yeah, definitely. This year. This year. And that's tremendous for us. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if it was like yourself who had the conversation, the initial conversation. It maybe was about the campaign for like Callum Davidson potentially as a contender for manager of the year. Now, that was even before the what he's done in terms of getting into top six, which looked touch and go at one point, but now up into fifth. So, like, overcome a Livingston. I feel if the season was to carry on a few more games, probably St. Johnson would finish third because they're not good at all. Confidence is high. Um, but then, for that also to happen, and then get to the semi-final of the, the Scottish Cup and the circumstances that happened as well, which that must be, in a way, maybe even more enjoyable than the, the Cup final, in a way. The semi. Winning the semi with the, the keeper. The quarters. Um, winning the quarters. Like so, you must have thought you were out because I never I was scunnered on that day because obviously Aberdeen had lost it on the United 3 0. It was quite sunny. I was like, I'm not watching any more football today. And then it wasn't until my boy got in from work and he was like, Oh, turn on the game. I was like, How what's happening? And he said, Oh, it's five minutes ago, it looks like it's going to penalties. So obviously you're thinking, right, okay, I'll turn it on. And then as soon as I turned it on, Tamania scores, and I think, oh, we're up for here's the game. That's maybe the game because that would t- take it out of you. But then, oh, lo and behold, amazing scenes. Clark goes up for it. It, it never happens, does it? It rarely happens. No. I can't remember it happening in Scottish football. You've seen it in English football a few times. But I can't mm. remember in the top flight. Or, like, I know it was the cup. I can a player having an impact like that at a corner. Uh, we've think. done it once before. It wasn't the top league. I think it was the championship. Yeah. I wasn't at the game. But we did it up in Dingwall against Ross County around about 2000 and eight, nine, something like that. Uh, Matt Glennon, goalkeeper, last minute, scored. It's on YouTube. Um, so we've got previous. Yeah. But uh, not not to that 
kind of level, you know, at Ibrox against Rangers, against the, the league champions who have so far had an invincible season. Um, what, what? I mean, it was it was absolutely fantastic that that happened, and I was obviously delighted. But what I just could not understand was you've got this Goliath of a man in green, bright green, standing <laughs> in the box, and absolutely nobody picks him up or tries to mark him. Yeah, um, it's it just absolutely puzzled me, really, um, because I just couldn't think for the life of me how anybody couldn't see him. Yeah, there's got to be a, surely there's a marketing mainstream there, like some kind of like the incredible Clark. Would that work? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, some kind of marketing. Yeah, yeah. Then, ironically, he's been injured, hasn't he? Supposedly, like, is that that was the rumor that why you missed the game at the weekend? Is because Aye, from his the toe. celebration. <laughs> uh, somebody stood in his toe in the celebration. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can write that, could you? Brilliant. Yeah, um, so yeah, Parish came in. Our, our um, backup goalkeeper came in against uh, Hibs at the weekend. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, our podcast, the Dogger Saints, sponsor him. So I'm gonna. I was quite pleased to see him yeah. putting in a, a good performance. Um, so that worked out quite well for us. But um, yeah, it was it was just amazing. You just never see that sort of thing happen at Ibrox. Certainly not this season. No. Um, anybody out that's that's not a Rangers player taking a penalty at Ibrox is unheard of. Well, either is that, yes. Um, I think as well, as soon as St. Johnson score, much as even though Rangers have been invincible um, in the league anyway, you felt that St. George are going to win because there's no how do you recover from that? Like, my, that's a sucker punch, like, ain't you? Did you think you're through? Probably. I, I uh, we, we, we did, we kind of took the, the wind out of ourselves for sure. Um, and what they what they did the week before was they had rested, I want to say, seven players, I think it was, um, six or seven players anyway, and then they brought them back in and they made all these wholesale changes to the team, probably assuming that we would, in the, the game before that, where we just pressed them all game, we'd be knackered. But I feel it worked in our favour because it just, they lost any sort of rhythm to their team. Uh, it took them a while to get going. And we are a professional team with a small squad that are used to putting in the minutes. Yeah. So we didn't get tired. Um, we pushed them and we didn't have any sort of break in our, in our team. So... We had that momentum from the, the game before. And we again, we just pressed them again for most of the game. And it, it was, I, I felt it was not in their best interest to, to rest these players and make all these changes. Mm-hmm. Aye. It's probably one of those approaches. It's, it's kind of high risk, high reward. But if it pays off, then you get results like that. I think um, St. John's have said that a few times. I've seen other teams kind of try it out. Glass, Stephen Glass has tried to do it so far with Aberdeen. Um, he's trying to do the high press and you're, you leave yourself exposed. I mean, if Rangers were to get in behind, then you're snookered and all that. And yeah, we've seen Rangers do it so many times this season. But yeah, as you said earlier, St. Johnson are like definitely they are the third best team overall this year in the season, um, outstanding the, the league position slightly. So, And you have got a bit of strength and depth this season. Like when I was... Can I think about the kind of semi-finals and stuff like that? And you think who's the, who's the kind of best team? And most folk thinks St. John's are going to go through, which can sometimes are a curse. Um, but you, you have got a bit of depth in the team, especially when you look at the weekend. You can make seven changes and beat a good hip side. Yeah. Um, I would still say in a bit like when it was the 
the League Cup final, you were saying Davidson will know his team regardless of what happens a week before or that. Same situation for the weekend? Oh, probably, aye, aye. I would say. Like, yeah, he'll, he'll know now. He'll know right now what he's doing and who's playing. Uh, and whoever's playing will know the rules as well. That'll be well drilled. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, there's no, no question in my mind he'll be prepared for this. The only thing that worries me is that I had a wee look at your poll on Twitter earlier and we were favourites by quite a considerable is, margin yeah. to win this game. That's never a good thing for us. Yeah. Never a good thing for us. We do not react well to being favourites. Um, we, we 78%, are better uh, 78% thinks that Johnson uh, will be in the final. And you just never know with one of these games. You know, St Martin are not a bad team. They just about got top six and we picked them at the last. Um, they haven't had a bad season. Um, so I know they, they didn't get much of a result against Hamilton, but they probably had one eye on the game this week. Mm-hmm. So they'll be up for this. So, yeah, we'll just need to wait and see, I suppose, whether this this favourite tags goes in our favour or not. Um I, I have a gut feeling that we're probably going to make it, I think, into the final. After that, I wouldn't like to say. Um, but I feel like we're, we're playing with confidence. I feel like the the form of the team is going to come into this. Um, and like you say, the strength and depth that we've got, um, we're on a roll at the minute. Yeah. Had, had, this, had this game been coming in the first three months of the season, I would have said the complete opposite. But just now... We've got the we've got the form behind us. Yeah, you're in good form. Uh, momentum's with you. The, the team knows how to win big games. They're starting to like know, right? We know how to win big games. Options off the bench as well. If things aren't going well, you have got options more so than what I think it's a minute and a half. If things aren't going that well, um, I would say I think you can. St John's definitely favourites, but St Mirren are so hard to beat. They will defend for their lives, but they are all right going forward as well. I don't know whether right. there's a, in terms of styles, a play much between the two, really. I, I can't say I've watched a lot of St. Um I, I know how we play, obviously. And I think that um, anytime we've played them this year, there hasn't been an awful lot in it. So it's one of these one of these sort of teams where you, you never really know. You just don't know what something you're going to get. So, I, I, you know, I'm confident, but at the same time, not that confident to think that it's in the bag yeah. already. So, I think that there's a good chance that we might cancel each other out and it might even go to penalties. Yeah, you could see a hammering, definitely. Um, I mean, what, this season, you've won uh, the two home games 1-0. Uh, St Mirren won their home game 3-2. Obviously, only played three times because of their league positions. So, yeah. aye. Tough call. Um, they won on penalties against Motherwell, wasn't it? No. Yes, it was. It? No, that was Hibs. So, they, in the cup. Oh, no, Kamarnik. Kamarnik. It was Kelly, you're right. So both Kelly. of you have, got, have won in penalties. Um, as well, so you can, uh, I, think, I think both games could potentially be kind of penalty shootouts. Not much between them. Um, yeah. So, we'll see. Um, so, going back, to, like, line up, and if Clark's fit, obviously he's going to play. So, m- my idea, if the lineup, if everyone's fit, is Kerr, Gordon, or Clark, Kerr, Gordon, McCart, Rooney, McCann, Davidson, Booth, Waterspoon, Conway, Kane. Yeah, that's bang on, I think. 
that would probably be it. But then you've got like some mm. Middleton, Bryson, O'Halloran, May, Melamed, which is good options off the bench. They are. I've, I just think that the trust, the players you mentioned, first of all, are the ones that the, the manager trusts. Um, above and beyond, the uh, Middleton has done well this season when he's played, but I would say Conway has played more games um, and has the experience behind him, so he'll he'll be a front runner, I think. There, Kane is a no-brainer in my book. He's probably one of the worst strikers I've ever seen. I think up front in terms of his goal scoring prowess, but the ball sticks. You yeah. know, when you've got that out ball going up there, it, he he manages to link the play and keep on it. You just hope, you just hope that if any chances fall, they fall to somebody else. Um, but he does his job linking the play, kind of in the same way Stephen McLean used to do when he was playing. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that Amelamed May, you know, partnership up front wouldn't be okay. I'm sure we could probably get a result with that, but we need Kane in there for that style of play. Yeah, I think as well though, I suppose the situation with Melamed is he's still not decided whether he's going to stay beyond That's the right, contract. Yeah. So is his head in the right frame of mind in terms of is he trying to does he want he's to stay, does he want to leave or I think regardless he's he's professional enough that he would do a job but if for nothing else, you know, he could potentially score another wonder goal and uh, put a, a bigger or a couple of more zeros on any potential contract he gets down south. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for that reason. But from what I've seen of Melamed this year, he's a bit of a luxury player, you know. He, he's um, one of these guys that can do something magical and then disappear for 89 minutes. So, I, I don't think that's really the sort of player that he's looking for to start this game. Yeah, that's probably the strength of why St. Johnson have been so good because it is a team. Yeah, that is. That's exactly it. We've got a good squad of players. Yeah. And that, I think we've got one of the smallest... I haven't done my research here. I don't have the stats. But we, we I think we have one of the smallest squads in the league, um, which means that the players in our squad play quite a bit. They're rotated quite a bit. Yeah. So they've got that kind of march, march sharpness that you maybe don't get in other, other teams. Um, you maybe got a player coming out for, through injury or whatever, and uh, whoever's stepping in just doesn't have that same level of sharpness that our boys do. Yeah. Looking at St Mirren, though, I mean, you always see these B scenarios happen. Obviously, Joe Shawnee's is there. Uh, it's yeah. a Johnson player. Uh, uh, I hope for your sake it's not that he scores a goal. You've seen it happen so many times, these types of things, especially yeah. in big games. And I think the manner of his leaving as well would just, you know, it would just make that more likely because it was almost under a cloud. He had decided that um, he wasn't signing this new contract and he was going to, you know, somewhere else, which didn't actually, I don't think it panned out, actually ended up at South End or something. Um, and there was just a bit of a feeling, I suppose, that he'd mucked the club about. Yeah. Um, before that, he was one of our more popular players, so it was a bit of a cloud to leave under, and almost ruined any sort of relationship he had with the fans. So, especially when he club captain as well, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. So he'd probably quite like to get one off us. Um, and we we would definitely we have already got one over him when we picked them for six uh, for yeah. nice top six. So. You're right. Yeah, that's something for us to worry about. Uh, <laughs> he's he's going to come back and haunt us. 
this the leading up to this game as well over the last couple of weeks. McGrath's been getting linked with a move to kind of different clubs. He's been linked to Aberdeen, I think. Even Celtic have been linked with an interest, which I don't know how that's happening when they still don't have any management or anything like that. He's certainly a kind of key player for them. 13 goals overall this season from midfield, yeah. which is a tremendous record. It's better than quite a lot of strikers in uh, the Premiership this season. So he's certainly a threat. And it'll be how much he doesn't score goals a lot. Maybe a bit like Kane in terms of that kind of awkward way to play against. And you, you probably, as a defender, don't really enjoy playing against him. Mm, yeah. I think that, our, you know, the, the back three that we've got now, we've got um, a pretty solid back three. Plus, we've got uh, Liam sitting in front of them now. Um, and they'll be able to handle anything. I forgot about Liam Craig when I was talking about the lineup. Of course, I. So Craig start probably instead of I think so. Davidson, then maybe. Uh, Davidson, I think it's too soon for him. That's even if he's fit at all. Yeah. Because he's not played for a long time. So it'll be Craig. Craig will be sitting there. So, yeah, you're looking at um, these four players who have done remarkably well against. Rangers recently twice. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any fear really over anything that that's in their offer up front. That's not to say we're cocky or confident. Yeah. Overconfident, but um, there's de- they definitely have a threat. There's no doubt about it. But I think we've we've got more than enough to deal with that. No, I, I, no, it's fair enough. Um, with that, so, yeah, we'll see what happens Sunday quarter past two on BBC for that game so I get a BBC which is, is good more people will get to see it yep again uh, you know one of these things when we're on when we're on TV and there's a lot of people have access to watching us we usually put up an absolute shit show of a performance <laughs> um, <laughs> you know there's no getting away from it we, we have a tendency to do that so that's not in our favour this season's different isn't it as well, it has been so far. It has been so far. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just making the most of it, really. And it's the first time in a long time that you know, I'm one of the most pessimistic people that you speak to <laughs> my, my club. But it's the first time in a long time that I've I've had a positive attitude. Um, aye. You, get, aye, you do get worried, don't you? Like, when it gets like that, you're like, aye, something's going to screw it up at some point. Um, so it's yeah. just like it's a riding on the crest of a wave just now. I just keep telling myself that uh, even if we get pumped 5-0, then we've got the League Cup. We made a Cup semi-final. We're in the top six. There's a good chance of Europe. This has been a pretty good season, you know, and play teams like Partick Thistle or Falkirk, if you look at them, we should be very thankful for what we've got. Well, exactly. Like we discussed before, like um, the last time we were on about, he had a hard act to follow. Um, a lot of kind of managers, when they come in and they may be replacing someone that's been there for a long period of time, they, they struggle to adapt. They struggle to kind of be freshening things up or that he's freshening things up and if anything's maybe maybe not made them better I don't know maybe you'll know better but in a way he can have made them better like to have that impact straight away in your first managerial job yeah I mean, I have a recollection of um, Paul Sturrock back in the 90s when he made this fantastic team of um, a whole load of players that hardly anybody had ever heard of um we got them up into the Premier League and then Sandy Clark came in. Yeah. And what a season he had. Absolutely tremendous season. Finished third, got to the League Cup final and uh, 
they were just beautiful to watch sometimes. Um, so I feel like there's almost a bit of history repeating itself here in that respect. He's taken the bones of Tommy's team, given them a new system, and uh, it's paid off. It's paid off. He's got we've got that consistency. He knows the players because he was there before. Um, and I just I feel that's been so important to our success. Aye. Um, we'll move on to our semi-final. So our semi-final, your Premier Sports have got that four o'clock Saturday. Again, pretty tight one to call. Um, you'd favour Hibs, I think, over the two. Um, Dundee United against Hibs, but again, it wouldn't surprise if Dundee United get through. Um, I, I'm still baffled as to how we put in such a poor performance against Dundee United because out with that, they've not exactly been in that inspiring form. Um, no, it was, it was an odd one, but I mean, with absolutely no disrespect, the Aberdeen have had a terrible season, I think, in my view. Yes. For a for a for a club like Aberdeen um, to be scoring as few goals as you are is just very odd. It's not what you would expect with the size of budget you've got and the size of squad that you've got, and you're taking a guy that can't get in our first team on loan because you're struggling to score goals. It's um, and he's a from, from, scorer in 2021. Exactly, yeah. From from my point of view, as an outsider from your club, it looks like very bad management. Right the way through, bad coaching and bad management. Yeah, well, it was certainly um, a missed opportunity. When you look at what your likes of yourselves have done, we should have been winning a cup this year. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you've got the you've got the kind of infrastructure in place to do that. There, you've got a really good. I think you've got a really good squad of players. Yeah. Generally, um, I think a good manager could get a lot out of them. Is Glass that manager? I think so far from what I've seen, he certainly wants to be more expansive. I think that probably is what cost him against Dundee United. Because you know what Dundee United are like? Dundee United will just sit in, try and defend, yeah. and they're quite happy to kind of just break and get the odd chance here and there. I would say it was maybe a case on the day of Mellon showing his managerial experience. He kind of knew exactly how we were going to play um, and just kind of they, they picked us off at will. Aside from that, though, in terms of from what I've seen, the Celtic game, we were, we were really good. Created a lot of chances, um, many more chances than we've created ever under um, McInnes against them. The first Livingston game that we played, we showed a bit of resilience to get back into the game a couple of times. And then obviously the weekend there, we've won with players out of position. And we had the likes of Conor McLennan playing at right back, which he's never a right back in his day. Uh, young boy McKenzie playing at left back, did an all right job. Um, and we're starting to at least look like a team again that can score goals. So mm, well, I... when you think he's come in and he's done that, it's good. It's just the fact that it's such a big game, the quarterfinal. You think, how could it go so wrong? The, the one thing I did feel, he was a bit too slow to change it. Like, as a fan, and it's maybe easier to say as a fan when you're kind of watching the game, but straight early on, you, you've seen Dundee United will play, we're playing this kind of 3-4 in midfield, dominating the midfield, and we were just playing two in midfield. But again, maybe kind of dropping back to help out. Straight away, you could see another midfielder was required just to, to help compete in there. Um but he'll learn from that. He will learn from that. Mm. And I think the early signs are pretty positive, I think. Um, it's just like a, a big waiting game as to who comes in over the summer. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I don't know about Dundee United. They have done well in terms of position. I think, I think they have. Pretty comfortably safe. I think they have. Uh, Dundee United fans are some of the most infuriating fans on Twitter, I find. Um, I think they, not all of them, some of them are okay. 
a lot of them that I see tweeting are expecting Brazil levels of performance every week. Yeah. Ex- expecting to be entertained. I expect this is your first. This is your first season up. Exactly. Yeah. You know when we when we came up for, after seven years in the the first division, we shit housed that league for a good two years um, just to stay in it. Yeah. And that's what you do. That's what you do to survive. And that's what he's done. As he's came in and he's shot up shop. I mean, I think he did try and play expansive at one point, and then Kelly absolutely murdered them. Yeah. Um, Four one, and that was it. You know, if, by all means, if you want to head straight back down to the championship, then keep it up. But he did what he had to do. He's working as well as he can with the tools that he's got. He's yeah. not really signed any any. I don't think top level players. Um, he's using a championship team for the most part. Yeah. And I think he's done as well as he could be expected to do. Um, and I thought that performance against you guys was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. And I think part of the reason for that is that there was no chance of losing points or getting relegated. Mm-hmm. So he just he just took the shackles off. Yeah. And they went for it. And they absolutely obliterated you. And I don't think you guys expected that type of play. No. Uh... Because that's not what they've been doing. Yeah, I mean, I think initially when you see the team line up, you're pleased that Sigurdsson isn't playing because Sigurdsson is up there, apart from maybe McGregor this season as two for the year, I think, in the league. I think Sigurdsson has been terrific for them. So you see that and you think, right, that's a bonus. And then you think the balance of the team doesn't look right with McNulty, Shankland and Clark all starting because they're all, they all want to play as number nines. They're not really yeah. ones that are kind of wanting to play wide, but they all did a job for the team. That, that's the thing. And uh, as I said, again, the midfield, the boy Fuchs was really good on the day. Um he could have just mm-hmm. controlled the midfield as well. So the, probably the biggest concern was the fact we never wide we never wide them in the day. But no, I agree. I they did definitely like the shackles off that day. Um, and Mellon, I think for a first season in charge in the top flight, they weren't far off top sets. He's taken no. them to a semi final, one game away from Hamden. Well, the final is obviously the same as at Hamden. Yeah. Can't really ask for much more. No, I think he's done as good a job as he could be expected to, again, with the tools that he's got, with the budget that he's got, with the players that he's got. I can't imagine anybody else would have done any better. No. Um, but I find that, that clubs like Dundee United and Hibs and Hearts, anybody that's been down to the Championship and come back up, they do expect to be playing some sort of silky football. And yeah. I don't know if that's because they've just obliterated everybody in the division below for a year and they're expecting to continue to do that when they come up. Um or generally it's because they, they're living off past glories and they think that they should be playing the way they did 20 years ago. Um, I, don't, I don't know. But certainly, when you look at the likes of us, when you look at the likes of Hamilton, St Mern, any other club our size that have came up, we have just done what we needed to do. And it's not been pretty sometimes, but that's just what you have to do. And that's what Mellon's done this year. Yeah, I think it gives them something to build on as well. And that someone maybe that way will let the shackles off a little bit more this year, but he's probably... I think had to be pragmatic because of the players that he's got in the squad. He doesn't particularly yeah. have any wide players, any wingers, any kind of maybe exciting players, which I think we've spoken about before. There's a bit of a dearth of them anyway. There's not many good and great yeah. wingers about these days. That's maybe something he'll look to try and do, I think. Um, to kind of try and change up a wee bit. If he stays? I, I think he would stay, do you not think? No, there's there's rumours that he's, he's heading back down to England. Right, okay. Hmm. So we'll see. We'll wait and see. And I think it's almost like a mutual thing. I'm pretty, pretty sure that the that both the supporters and the club are not overly enamoured with the style of play either. So 
we'll wait and see what happens in the summer. But if I, I think for this semi-final, if he turns up with that team and tells them to play in the same way, then we're in for a game. Yeah, I think. Definitely. I think if they think, oh, hang on a minute, this is going to be like the league games that we can't afford to lose points in, or a game away from a cup final, um, then I would put money on Hibs winning it. Yeah. Aye, I mean, Hibs are, Hibs are an interesting case because everyone said about how awful Aberdeen have been, but yeah, Hibs seem to have been getting a bit of praise. Not overly praised, but Hibs have been... Aye, I think Jack Ross has been praised a wee bit and they've done well with the start of the other. I would ask better than us. I would ask what for. I know. Well, really, really what, what, what's he been praised for? Because he's, he's so far, uh, okay, he's got a reasonably okay league position, but I've not seen any sterling performances that I can think no. of off the top of my head. Um, it's just central belt teams get a bit more coverage, a bit more praise. Could be. I mean, we, we decimated them in the semi final and the League Cup. I just. I'm not seeing what all the fuss is about. I think when you look at the at- attacking and talent that they have got, they probably should be even doing a bit better. Because if you put, I mean, I would reckon if you were to play Boyle, Dodge, and Nesbitt all together, then that's, yeah. that's a pretty frightening prospect for a lot of teams. Um, They've got maybe, good players. Maybe don't have that opportunity always because Boyle was injured at the start of the season. Nesbitt then had his hissy fit because he wasn't allowed to go to Birmingham, and Dodge went off the boil a wee bit and wasn't scoring. Um, but they three. Between them, ain't what? What far off forty goals? Between the three uh, of them, I I would expect more. Week. I would expect more from that team in terms of performances. Um, but that's just maybe Hibs fans feel differently. But if I was a Hibs fan, I'd be looking for more. Yeah, um, I suppose the positives have been there. Obviously, they've got to the semi final, but Ian Boy Doig at left back does look a like good prospect. Uh, you would wonder whether they'll get to keep a hold of him because I think there's been rumours of the likes of you know, Arsenal, Chelsea and big clubs being in for him. Um, so there's likes of that. I still think they've got a very soft centre with Porteous and Hanlon. I know Porteous oh. that's a hard man, but... No, he's, 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 he's not a player. He's, he's not. I'll he, well, try to compare him to McKenna. I remember like, there was a whole and Porteous were coming through at the same time and Hibs fans kept going, oh, Porteous is just as good as McKenna. He's just, and you're like, well, we'll see... Um, I just think he's an accident waiting to happen. I think that's, he probably can be a good defender, but I think he needs to just maybe, there needs to be a bit of discipline within him where he goes, right, I can, I can be this hard defender, but not be reckless and tossing goals, which he seems to do. And then Hanlon, he's got plenty of experience, but I don't think I've ever been overly convinced with Hanlon at centre-back. I'd agree with all of that, I think. Um, I'm not a fan of Porteous. Almost devastated to see him set foot on the plane of the Euros. Um, I just don't I don't think he's a particularly good, well-rounded player. He's got so many rough edges like you say. Um, I think he's a good couple of years away from being an international player. Yeah. Um, to be honest, he's just he, he does have issues with temperament and he's, I mean, if you look at the game against us recently, what, what was that at the back where he took possession of the ball and squared it edge of the 18 yard box yeah. for our player to ping it in the bottom corner. This is a professional foot. I would expect to see that in the local park. And even this then, we probably wouldn't because straight away, first thing you get told is defender, do not play the Don't. ball across the face of goal. I mean, that's <laughs> basic like, stuff. <laughs> when, there's, so, when there's like attacking, folk attacking. 
when you've got a professional football player doing that, you you have to question if you know it's decision making if nothing else. Yes. It's um yeah, I, I think there's better players in that position, certainly. And if there's a potential that Hibs are going to lose this game, I think that's probably the key area where they're going to lose it. Yeah. I, I don't know whether as well, I would say maybe that Hibs are a softer side than Dundee United. I think Dundee United mm. will maybe be a bit more streetwise than what Hibs yeah. are. Um, Hibs have maybe got players that are a bit more wanting to get the ball down, pass it and stuff like that and take their time. you know, not get it in a semi-final. Just won't happen. You'll, no. You'll not get the, the space and time to do that with Dundee United this year. Um, you'll get probably plenty of time and you don't have to think it about assuming they play the same way they've been playing all year. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you get into their half, you'll be closed down straight away. Aye. They've got a, they've got a doubt when Nesbitt, Nesbitt missed a game against you, obviously, at the weekend. Whether it's just precautionary or whether he is actually genuinely a doubt for the weekend, I don't quite know. Um, but he mm. would be a big miss, certainly. It would be, yeah. Yeah, he's a tremendous player, isn't he? Yeah. For, mm. Especially the way he's running up the ranks as well. Like, it wasn't so long ago he was playing even, I think, League One football in the Hawaiian Championship that's, last season. So that's he, right, he's developing really season, well. I think. I think. Yeah. And he's never looked out of, out of his depth. It's always... <clears throat> always adjusted to the tempo and the, he's never taken time I suppose to adjust to that league yeah. so that, that shows you what how well he's doing and how how quickly he's developing uh, I know it's Dre Wright played against you at the weekend but I don't know whether I'd expect him to play in the weekend I would expect McGuinness will come back in I would expect so yeah Dre Wright's a squad player there without a doubt he's, he's not had a great season um, and to be fair, he didn't have a great season with us just before he left either. Um, yeah. And that was after his injury. So he had a couple of decent touches in a couple of games where people were screaming out for us to break the bank to keep him. Um, I was quite happy to see him go. Um, I just didn't think he was worth it. And yeah. he's almost proved that at Hibs, I think. I think maybe he's not versatile as well for like the way maybe Hibs want to play because he is very much a winger, isn't he? Yes. I, I don't think he can maybe play anywhere else. No, we've we've I think we did try him a couple of times up at um, up front maybe, but uh, he, he's like you say he's not he's limited in what he can do on the pitch. Yeah, um, and that kind of suited us at the time, but I wouldn't it wouldn't suit a team like Hibs who seem to look for more out of the oh. players, and you'll find that with a lot of players that leave him leave Saints and go to him so. Clubs like Saints, um, they do well with us. They get regular game time with us. Um, thinking of Danny Swanson, Liam Craig, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to Hibs, and they maybe have a bad game, and then they sit on the bench for three games, and that certainly kind of go off the boil because the expectation is different. I definitely. So he's not the player he was. Definitely no. not. He's not getting the regular game time he got with us. Yeah. Um, and that's affected him. Um, if we look at the head-to-head record between Dundee United and Hibs this season, so Hibs have won two games and the other game was a draw, so you would certainly favour Hibs. But going by what people have predicted as final, so I had, we had Chris, obviously. Uh, he has predicted St. Johnson against Dundee United, repeat of 2014. Uh, Donald has predicted a repeat of 1987 with St. Mirren against Dundee United. And then the other John and Craig, you know Craig, obviously, yeah, director of podcasting. They've both predicted Hibs and Johnson, uh, but uh, and we had another guy as well, and he reckons St. Johnson's name is in the cup. He, he can't see, really see Bynum 
he did say he'd like to see St Mirren do it because our three have all won fairly recently trophies. Uh, mm-hmm. But he did think St Johnson, so there you go. Uh, uh, well, I think I would say obviously St Johnson. I can't go any other way. It's, yeah. it's going to hit you be St Johnson in the final. Um, and I, I'd, I'd like to avoid Dundee United. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, I'd, I'd prefer to play prefer to play Hibs. I think because I'm superstitious, and I think that it would just be karma for Dundee United to come back on a potentially double winning season, only double winning season ever yeah. in likely in our history, and discover it. Um, so I'd prefer it to be had. Oh, I should never hear the end of it as well, obviously, from the United fans when I'm being obviously fairly local. No, know. and I've, I've given them some stick over the years. So. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you can give it out and take it at the same time, it's all right, isn't it? That's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. The sad thing about the weekend, though, obviously, is there's still not going to be any fans. You would think, would it be at Hamden? I would say, certainly, with the likes of St. Your St. Mirren, St. Johnson game, you could have probably given tickets to every season title holder for both sides and you'd have been all right. Right. Yeah. Do you know what? I think you could probably have done that in McDermott Park. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to be honest, uh, you're, you're absolutely safe in the likes of Hamden. Yeah. Because there's just not that many of us. Um, so, yeah, you would have been. But of course, the argument is, is that uh, it's not being in the stadium, it's coming out and getting on buses and yeah. trains and gathering outside the ground and stuff like that. That's, that's supposedly where the spread happens. So, um, which is, you know. Fair enough, I get that. But how then are other places able to do it down in England? And... Oh, exactly. And um, was it Spurs Man City was the final, wasn't it? So there was Man yeah. City fans there, um, obviously coming from Manchester, wherever else, some of them support. But yeah, I think you could have had it all right. And especially away as well, you've got the Euros coming up, an ideal trial for what's going to happen at Euros. Because... The Euros, surely, I don't know how they're allocating the tickets to Scotland fans or whether it's even been decided yet. Is it just going to be mm-hmm. folk that are local to Hamden or in the Glasgow postcode or how are they going to work it? I don't know. Yeah, that's an odd one, isn't it? I've never really given that much thought because I just knew it wouldn't be me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it would have been a nice wee trial run, wouldn't it, really, when you think about it like that, I suppose. And you're, you're guaranteed that you're only going to get I don't know how many season ticket holders we have this year, but maximum 2,000 people from our side anyway. I would expect the same as St. Mirren, I would think. I would probably. I don't really know much about St. Mirren's um, support, really, but let's just say it's the same. Yeah. Then 4,000 people in a 60,000-seater stadium is a, is a tremendous practice run, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because um, I know the, the talk was the reason why they can't do it for the final is because by the time the final happens, UEFA have started to take over the ground. Kind that's of right. So that's yeah, why. That right. But then why couldn't they have done it for the semis? Like, why, why does it need to be a hand? Well, that's the thing. They could have, they could have switched the final. Like, like Surely as a one-off to try and give fans that have been... Yeah. Just... Got Ibrox, this season. Parkheads, you, yeah. you know, had finals there before. Exactly. Um, do we do we even need that? Could they go to the likes of Easter Road or Pinecastle? Yeah. Um, what is the point in in having this big white elephant, a sixty thousand seats in it that's probably going to house about thirty people? Yeah. Well, I think we've all, I think probably for seasons and years, we've all thought that sometimes the logic that the SFA have is 
sad or lacking. Um, so it's disappointing it, it, for well, certainly for us, and pro- certainly for St. Lynn as well. I would imagine it's disappointing because we don't get to semi-finals that often. Yeah, I know we've had a re- reasonably good run of it recently, but we might go another 10, 15 years without getting to another one. Yeah. Um. So it would have been nice just to have a bit of common sense. Aye, and it would have been fine, I think, for Hibs and Dundee United as well. In terms of season tickets, I would imagine, I don't know, I'm only taking a guess, Dundee United might have about three to 4,000 season ticket holders, maybe, as much as that. Aye, aye. Uh, I, think, I think you're right, again. Um, and Hibs maybe think... about double, or maybe about 10,000, roughly, I think, um, when I've seen yeah. previous figures for them. So, again, it would have been all right. Um, crowd, crowd figures is something I tend, tend to stay away from. <laughs> Because uh, we're invariably we're bottom every time, and a lot of other teams like to point that out on a regular basis. Well, you you better just point out look at these trophies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Attendances don't win trophies. Aye. Well, that's the argument, isn't it? It's true. But that. Um, but yeah, I think it's exciting. I, I'm genuinely excited for a, a weekend. I'm, I'm, as I say, I'm massively envious of the fact that we are not in the semi-finals. It's a massive missed opportunity. Uh, I'm getting to the stage where I think I'll be actually going to win the Scottish Cup again in my lifetime. Surely to buggery we will. Um, but mm. the longer it goes on, you start to get worried. Um, yeah. It might happen. So again, I hope the best and good luck to you. I think if I was to if I was to want someone to win, it would be either one of the same teams. I, like, I don't mind both of them. I, I like, I've said before, I like Jim Goodwin. Again, before the game or after the game of the weekend, he was completely honest. Um, lost a hammer and he did say maybe could have snatched a job, but if we did, we didn't deserve it. So, I just like that. I think he's he's a fair guy. Um, mm-hmm. so either or. Hibs uh, and Dundee United, nah. Neither of them do. I wouldn't want either of them to win. So, uh, if the winners to come, it's got to be a Sage winner for me. Um, just maybe kind of quickly before we wrap up, as we kind of alluded to earlier, the league is exciting. Um, especially down the bottom. I think people thought Hamilton were probably gone after Kilmarnock picked up a wee bit of form. And maybe Ross County looked like they were going to maybe kind of slip into the playoff position. But yeah. the weekend results has thrown that right up in there. Aye. So Hamilton are just doing a Hamilton. <laughs> they, yeah. They're like a cockroach. They just will not go. Um, they are one of these clubs that just hang on for dear life. And if you ask probably the other 11 teams, they'd be quite happy to see them drop through the trap door, I think. Um I don't really know why they're not a particularly bad club, but they're not very popular with other clubs. So I'm expecting them fully to to stay up because they do it every year. Yeah, they're I've experts. Seen that. Yeah, that one, yeah. Got experience in it. I, for me, it's more than likely going to be Kilmarnock, I think, that goes down. And that will mostly depend on whether Lafferty can keep them up or not. Yeah. Um, and he's done a reasonably good job of saving their bacon so far. Um, but this wee injury he's picked up seems to have shook him a bit. Aye, well, the interesting thing is with the last two games are to happen, Hamilton have it in their own control. They play Ross County and Kilmarnock in the last two games. Aye. Yeah, they know right. if they win these two games, they are, they would definitely be safe, I think. Certainly safe from relegation, and I think that would be tight for whether they would be safe in the playoff spot. But you would think, I would think if they win the last two games, it'd be fine in terms of staying up. Yeah, um, yeah, I would say, I would say so. Uh, but yeah, prior to that, the midweek game—no, not the midweek game. Sorry. Um, 
Yeah, Kamaric plays in Mirren. So if Kamaric can beat St. Mirren in the game, the penultimate game, that would certainly kind of give them maybe a bit of an edge, um, depending on what happens in the Ross County Hammond game. It's exciting anyway. It's the fact that yeah. they three teams still in there. And I potentially, I, th- I don't know, was it, is it 30 points Hammond on just now, 29? That's relatively high, maybe for a relegated team, potentially. No, 30, they're on. I was always under the impression 34 points and you were safe. Aye. I don't know what to say. The Ross County result may be surprised because they weren't in t- t- a particularly good form recently. Mm. Well, aye. We'll see what happens. And then at the other end of the table, I thought we were in absolutely no hope of finishing fourth after what had happened recently. Then Hibs obviously lost to you. We won at the weekend. I would still say Hibs are massive favourites because two games to go, they've got a massive goal difference, which is effectively an extra point. So, uh, and we've got to go at Ibrox in the last day of the season, which... Uh, not getting out of that. I can't see likely. it. It would be terrific if we could go there and win and then get thumped um, over Hibs. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter too much because the way the European situation has been decided, it's the winners of the cup that will go into the That's playoff right, round yeah. for Europa League and then guaranteed Conference League. So actually for yourselves, that is massive. I mean, that's £3 it million pounds right there. It's enormous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Oh, this is one of these pressure situations where we're favourites and that money's potentially sitting there. Um, this is the sort of situation where we bottle it. It's um, just a typical Saints thing to do. We're like Scotland. Um, it's just right there and it's achievable and it's within grasp. So I hope I'm wrong. But um, without Rangers or Celtic, there is such a wonderful opportunity. It really yeah. is such a wonderful opportunity. And we, we can beat the other teams. You know, we're capable of doing it. We've done it this season, apart from Dundee United. So that £3 million makes such a difference to our club. That'd be massive. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're pretty well off anyway in terms of how much money we've got in the bank when you look at the accounts. Um, we are a well-run club. So it wouldn't be the end of the world if we didn't manage it. But it's just so tantalisingly close. Yeah, the thing you would say, I don't think any team is deserving of a place as such, but it's been Aberdeen and St. Johnson that have regularly been qualifying for Europe in the Europa League. So if it's no us, then I think it would be fair enough if it's you guys that did it. Because you've been in Europe consistently under White. Um, yeah. So I think it would be fair enough. Yeah, well. I would feel you've kind of earned it because you've kind of contributed to the coefficient and stuff like that. Yeah, fingers crossed then. I mean, fingers crossed. Another wee European trip would not go on this. They were. Like that's if we can go anywhere, of course. Where would be your dream trip? Well, Lucerne was pretty good, so I would I would be open certainly to Switzerland again. Um, Any particular reasons why Switzerland was so good? Such a beautiful country, and um, the the beer was amazing, and the weather was fantastic, and it was just the best trip. I, I know that we went to Norway, but that was chucking it down, and the beer was expensive. Um, it was just Lucerne was just perfect in every possible way. Everything yeah. that could have went right did go right for us on, on that trip. Um, so I've got fond memories of Switzerland. I'd love to go back there. Um, whether it was Lucerne again, or I don't think it will be because they're not doing so well, but Basel or whoever's qualified. Um, 
aside from that, Germany, maybe? Yeah. Germany would be good. Um, yeah, either, either one of them would be fine. Aye. Um, I'm obsessed with half-time snacks and food in different countries. Did you have a half-time snack at Switzerland or Norway? I don't. I don't know what it was called. Um, no, it was like a kind of fried hot dog type thing. Um, and I'm sure there was a pretzel involved. It was pretty, it looked pretty ghastly, but it was actually fantastic. So that that was, um, I'd like to repeat that. But also we got a beer there as well, which was unusual. Yeah, it's always, yeah, it's always good, yeah. Was that in Switzerland then or Norway? That was in Switzerland. Norway, um, I, wasn't actually, I wasn't actually in Norway. Right, okay. I just want to die. I find it intriguing what different folks sell at grounds. Germany's good because Germany, you get your beer and you get your bratwurst or your cracker or like in a spicy sausage. Tremendous. Aye. It's just an experience. Um, so I uh, Ukraine, I remember being in Ukraine, but for whatever reason, I never even kind of ventured to see what the food was, but their stadium at the time was the old Olympic Stadium. Oh, right. you, could, you could actually walk right round the, the ground, so or the, the, in, the inner concourse, because we had tickets for the home end. So we went in the home end the first half, but then at halftime, we thought, right, let's have a week and kind I'm of wander and see what, what situation is. And we actually managed to get down to the, the away section, um, but we never actually kind of ventured to see where the food was. But in terms of the food that we had when we were earlier, we weren't that keen on it in terms of restaurants and different things like that. It wasn't that enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But other countries, you know, other places you'll get like some pizza. I think even in Spain, right. I think they sell like nuts and popcorn and different weird things. But uh, I can imagine going mm-hmm. to Argentina and it being good, a half-time snack. I don't you know think why, so? but I just think Argentina would be good tonight for... I don't know what would yeah. empanadas. I like it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would imagine mm. that could be high on the menu there. So, not quite a blue rose burger, though, is it? Which is... No, no. Be I'll, I'll pass on that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Kelly Pie. I, I've always said I'd be intrigued to do a, a tour of grounds around Europe or further afield for the games itself, and also the 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 half time snacks that are on offer. It'd be a good food meets football program. Ah, yeah, I'd be on for that because that's uh, two of my favourite things food. Exactly. And if you got a beer, that's a bonus. Oh, aye, absolutely, yeah. So, so I mean, it, in terms of culturally, I suppose it was different because there was cages up like we used to have here in the 80s. I ah, did, I the cages. Uh, so we were all caged in and stuff, but it was all worth it for a beer. Yeah. Aye, exactly. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we wanted to discuss before the podcast wraps up. Obviously, the Partick Thistle won the league. So, yes. again, Hearts wins a wee bit, Partick Thistle wins a wee bit. They've got back up. Surely you just get back up and then surely you shouldn't have been relegated in the first place. Move on. As opposed to mm. being all petty and like, oh, they sent us down and this, that, and the other. Doing I, a bitch. I don't know. I don't Partick, I'll give you. I'll give you Partick. They were bottom by a point, was it? And they had a game in hand. Still yeah. to play. So there was, there was every possibility that they could have remained in that league. Hearts are a completely different story, in my view. Hearts were heading down. There was no doubt in my mind they were heading down. Um, they were just an absolute bomb scare on and off the pitch. Um, and realistically, when you look at the options that were on the table at the time, what Hearts wanted to do was to postpone 
the games till later and then restart the league, which wasn't practical in any way, shape, or form for a number of reasons. Players' contracts were yep. were a contract at a specific date, so you couldn't then play in, for example, June because the contracts were up at the end of May. Um, there was a whole heap of reasons to do with the TV deal wasn't paying out at that time. Um, the clubs would have had to pay the players without fans coming into the stadiums to help them do that. Yeah. So they were taking advantage of the furlough scheme, which they couldn't do if they carried the, the league on. So a lot of the clubs would have went belly up anyway. Yeah. So Harps, realistically, what they wanted was for the league to conclude in the eight games or whatever was left in the space of a month and they start a new season, which is not practical. It was never, ever practical. It just couldn't be done. So they were bottom. It was nobody's fault the coronavirus hit the league. It was nobody's fault that we couldn't restart the league. It was just circumstances. They had to go down. Yeah. They had to go down. And that's, and I tell you what as well, if it was Saints that was down there at that time, I would be saying the same thing because that's just the way the cookie crumbled that year. Ah, you would just have to kind of grin and bear it and eat your, what is it they say? Eat your, or take your medicine. Uh, All right. That's what you'd have to do. And then that, that, that's what, as I say, I think they just need to get back up, respond, and show that, yeah, maybe, I thought they were hard, hard done by, but just aye, on the pitch, you've got a chance of building. It was a horrible set of circumstances. You know, nobody's yeah. disputing that. And it was a shame that they went down in the manner that they did. Um, but the way that they've behaved about it is absolutely appalling in my view. Yeah. I remember I remember when I used to look at Rangers and think, my goodness, this, this club's behaving in a shocking way with all the statements they send out and all the pettiness in these yeah. statements. And Hearts have just taken over. Rangers seem to have learned a lesson with that sort of thing and are now behaving in a different way. But Hearts, from the minute that they went down to the second that they lifted that trophy in such a pathetic manner, have not covered themselves in glory, in my view. No. Um, in relation to that, next week we will have Ali Graham returning to the podcast, which we are pleased about for a kind of lower league roundup of the season and also previewing the playoff finals. Um, I know obviously they're kind of starting, what is it, Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday, I think. Uh, I think so, yeah. Not tomorrow, uh, actually, because in Fairman Wraith um, oh. kicks off, which is interesting. So, yeah, we fife Derby to whet the appetite um, there. And then lower down, I mean, a Falkirk going to blow it completely and not even made the playoffs. Um, looking like it, isn't it? Yeah, we'll wait and see. But yeah, we'll know for definite next week. And yeah, we're looking forward to having Ali back on. I'm sure he'll be delighted to inform us as well and rub it in that he won the lower league predictions game. Um, 11 7. I'd have been bored doing it that weekend because I thought he's won it. So, what's the point? It's, we, it wasn't even snookers required. It was we were out of the game. So, yeah, it'd be good to have Ali back on. Um, so, yes. Good. Aye. So, good luck for s- Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. And then we potentially can get you back on for a, maybe a celebrating. Podcast for you with champagne and all sorts, party poppers, a buffet, steak and cheese oh. pies. Oof, now you're talking. Aye, <laughs> aye definitely. Aye. Um, I'm getting quite nervous now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. Sorry, mate. <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah. thinking about it. I've managed to put it to the back of my mind, but um, yeah, that'll be good. If 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 we do make it through, I'm quite happy to pop back on if you if you no, feel have me. Well, I definitely um, have uh, anything. And uh, yeah, just have another chat about it. Yeah, right. Cheers again, Nori. Yeah, thanks very much. Appreciate that. Uh, Cheers. See you later. See you later. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>